0: Welcome to Season 5 of the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast, where we take the powerful Word of God and make it practical and relevant to your daily life, and especially to your job. How long have you been a Christian? If it's been a little over a year, then God expects something from you. And in this episode, we will discuss what that is and tell you how to be an influence to others. Welcome to episode 150 in the season five of the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast. And today we're gonna to talk about how to be an influence to others, which is something that Jesus told us to be and do. And yet many of us either don't or don't because we don't know how. We're gonna talk about that today and how to be an influence to others. We are commanded to be light into a dark world. Raise your hand if you think we are in a dark world right now. <laughs> in Matthew 5 14 through 16, Jesus said we're to make a godly impact for Him in all that we say and do, to be an influence where God has placed us. Yes, where God has placed you. He wants you to be an influence and to bring His light into the lives of those people that he has placed around us, into that job that he has placed us, into that neighborhood that he has placed us, maybe even into that town, or RV park (laughs) where he has placed us. Because that's what we do in the winter is travel from RV park to RV park sometimes, or sometimes we stay for a little longer. But this world is actually in desperate need of the light that we have because of Jesus Christ and the joy and the peace that we have. And we want to shine that and so that others will, you know, ask us, hey, why is it that you have a little different attitude? Why is it that you're not bothered by the things in the world today? Well, maybe we are bothered, but we're not rattled to the point of being fearful and afraid and really mad and upset, We just are not that because we have the joy of Christ in us because we know He wins and His plan is coming together and we can see it right before our eyes. So I'm going to talk today about the word influence. This word is the essence of being a Christian and is one of the main ways that we can glorify God by having this godly influence on those around us. And yes, those people that are around you God has put you right there in the middle of them and expects you to influence them. The meaning of the word influence is to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone. That means at home with your family, maybe while visiting your relatives. Uh, The holiday season is coming up, so maybe this is really good to listen to this. We're going to be spending some time with our relatives. And even in your job with your co-workers or customers or vendors, everyone is an influence on someone else. So please make your influence such that God is glorified and pleased. You may get a personal evaluation from Jesus. In fact, you will. Right after you pass on from this world to the next, you will have a one-on-one with Jesus. And he will ask you what you did with the people that he placed around you, what you did with the job that he gave you, what you did with that family he placed you in, and what you did in that community where he has placed you. Hopefully, there will be something that you can say or something that he knows what you did the influence that you made for him okay I believe God brings people into our lives we are to influence for him Jesus used the term salt and light in that Matthew passage because salt seasons food to make it better it also kills germs and kills weeds so think how you're doing with being salt Do you make the people around you better? Do you kill germs and weeds? (laughs) You know, like shoot down some of the bad ideas and ungodly things that are going on? Mention that that just isn't the right thing to do? Salt is also a preservative. It means things, you know, not decay. Kind of like what Christ does for us makes it so that we don't die, we get to live forever with him. Can you spread that, that message? Can you be salt to the people around you? Next is light. In every part of life, we are to be God's light in this dark world. When his light shines through us, we will influence others. We will stand for And be known for what is light, not what is dark. Another way of saying that is, be known for what you are for more than what you are against. Think about that one for a sec. Be known for what you are for more than what you are against. Being an influence on others from the biblical point of view of God shining through us involves sharing the gospel of Jesus to others. And sometimes you can do that without even talking. Just your attitude, that smile you have, that somewhat joyous demeanor, such that people will ask you about that and then you can share what God Christ has done for your life and how he can change theirs, too, because they came to you and asked you. So you're not really being a Bible thumper. You're being a people helper. Being an influence on others means being someone who is pleasant to be around, someone who seems to love others. The best way I know is to treat others with grace, with compassion, with care, and forgiving them when they wrong you. And remember, God will judge others. Usually, you don't have to. So don't be judgmental. That's God's job. Colossians 3.12 says to put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. How you doing with that? Ephesians 4:32 similarly tells us to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. Being an influence is to be generous. Giving is influential in a good way. And it includes giving your time, maybe your ear, listening, such as Ephesians 6.2 says, maybe giving of your services, such as helping out widows or orphans or others in need, such as what James one twenty seven says, giving to charity and organizations and missions. Those are all fantastic and influential. Helping those in need, especially those in your family and your household, as 1 Timothy 5.8 tells us to do. In fact, that should be our priority. Doing so lovingly, happily, as if doing so for Jesus. And that's what Matthew 25.45 says. Now, we have to be discerning, right? I know some of you are thinking this. Because let's face it, some people, not all, but some, are parasitic leeches. They're lazy and they take advantage of us for their own gain or for their own continue in sin. And in a couple of my previous podcasts here a month or two ago, we talk about more and more of that going on as we get into the end times. But that's when the Holy Spirit in us helps us. We will know if this person really is in need and we are to help them. We can just feel the prodding of the Holy Spirit telling us to do so or telling us to turn the other way. But it's got to come from the Holy Spirit. Do a little research, be discerning, ask some questions, get to know the person a little bit better, and then make the appropriate decision erring on the side of generosity and helping by love. So how do we do this? (laughs) Well, first and foremost, we are to care for and be a godly influence to those members of our family. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That sounds like serious stuff, doesn't it? The word provide in that passage means more than money. It includes everything God wants for your family, which can come through you. From him, through you. The pattern seen in scripture is clear. We are to mentor or influence someone and We are to be influenced and mentored by someone. Sometimes that's hard. But when it's hard to do, or even hard for certain people, you know, there are some people that it's really hard to be helpful to. (laughs) Think of doing that because God wants us to. You're doing it for the Lord. So, how are you influencing others by your generosity? by your giving and your kindness and your forgiving. Think of the three closest people around you. Are you that way to them? How about the next six or seven? What if you were to write down the names of the three closest people to you and then write down the names of maybe the next six and pray that God would help you to be a godly influence to them. Now think about those people because we all have an effect on people we're in contact with. It's either positive or negative. I would argue that if your influence is not positive, well, then it's probably negative. So you either give to others or take away from others. You fill their bucket or you drain their bucket. I got that bucket metaphor from a book called How Full Is Your Bucket? by Tom Rath and Donald O'Clifton. The bucket is a metaphor for a person's sense of well-being or joy. And you have, a, I guess, a psychological dipper that you use to take away from someone's bucket or add to it by your own words or actions. But guess what? The choice is yours. And you can bring glory to God when you add to the bucket of those around you. Here in the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast, we always give practical examples of things. So let me give you some practical examples of how you can fill the bucket of others. How you can be a godly influence to others. First is to develop a relationship with someone or a few close people around you. And when you do, and as you're working on that, be them-centered, not self-centered. Be a compassionate, good friend and show love to others. And that starts by having an interest in others, a genuine interest in others. Not asking them, How are you doing today? And while they're answering, you're thinking of how you're going to tell them something about yourself. (laughs) No, listen to what they're saying. And then comment encouragingly. Next is to have joy. Joy is different than being happy. Okay? You can be happy and you can be unhappy. But you can still have joy. Joy is that underlying attitude that God gives us because Jesus has saved us from the penalties of sins and we get to spend eternity with him. Joy should be emanating from you as a sweet aroma. People should sense that joy about you. Next is to have a positive attitude. If you look for the negative, you will find it and be it. But if you look for the positives, you will be positive and others will want to be around you. So be a positive tone setter. Next, be gracious. God has been gracious to you through Jesus. You can be gracious to others too. That means overlook faults. Let things brush off of you that could be offensive (laughs) or could upset you. You will know if it's something that you need to say or respond to. You also will know if that's something that I should just let go. And smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. (laughs) Next is to spend Sabbath time with those in your sphere of influence. What is Sabbath time? Taking a break from things. Doing something relaxing and fun. Next is to be confident. As God encouraged Joshua, be strong and courageous. Have this confidence about you that you are loved by Jesus and are passing that along to others. Next to be knowledgeable. As Solomon tells us in Proverbs, attain and love biblical knowledge. Read passages in the Bible as often as you can that help you to know things about Christ, things about Jesus, things about our eternity with Him. And that will help build your confidence and your knowledge. Because knowledge builds confidence. Did I say that right and in the right order? <laughs> Biblical knowledge builds confidence. And then practice the practical application of those passages in your life. Oh, and one more thing be ready. Be ready with an answer for when they come and ask you about that joy that you have, why you are gracious why you have a different attitude than others, and why you're not rattled by things in the world. Practice that. Have that ready. But you know what? Don't be afraid of talking when that time comes, because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will give you the right words to say in that time. Isn't that cool? That also gives us confidence. Another way of being a godly influence to others is taking the time to do so. Don't give somebody 30 seconds, you know. I like to say, take your watch off and don't look at the time. Spend the time with them as long as they want, as long as they need, until you can just sense that it's time to move on. And the Holy Spirit will help you with that. Next is to pick somebody up. Let me tell you a little story. While at the structural steel fabrication shop, I was out in the shop and I came back into the office and my arm, my chest, and the side of my face was dirty. This dark gray dirtiness that just kind of gets on you when you're working in in an environment like a steel fabrication shop. And one of the sweet ladies in the office, when I came back into my office, said, did you fall down out there? To which I replied, no, I picked somebody up. See, I had gone out to check on the status of a job for a customer, and I noticed that one of our welders seemed down and I stopped and mentioned he didn't seem his usual self that day, to which he replied that his girlfriend had left him the night before. The ensuing Holy Spirit-induced conversation was wonderful, and i ended up telling him that I'd be praying for him and gave him a big hug. Hence the dirtiness on my clothes and my face. You see, being an influence that glorifies God means... You have to intentionally engage a person and be willing to get dirty with them. People for you to influence for God are all around you, even at home, where you shouldn't let your influence down. Being influenced to your spouse, especially to your spouse. Boy, do we all need to be reminded of that, especially me or influence to your roommate. And then there's your kids. Wow. God has given you those kids to be an influence for Him to them. And that probably needs its own podcast, right? (laughs) Your parents are training the next generation and your children are your most important influence. What will that be? Here's a little side note and then we'll wind this up for the day. I have noticed that lazy people use humor to build themselves up and devalue others. Really intelligent people who care and love others deeply use humor to influence others by elevating them. I only bring that up because humor is a great tool. But only when it builds others up and doesn't cut anyone else down. And I guess I wanted to say that because don't use humor at the expense of someone else. Unless they are standing right there. And you know that they would agree that you tell that funny story about them. Or you have already cleared it with them first. So be careful with humor. It's a great way to influence people if used appropriately and godlyly. (laughs) There's my new word for the day. Godlyly. (laughs) I think your goal in being an influence to others is being Jesus' representative where he has you. Being like Jesus. And yes, probably the ultimate goal is to lead others to the knowledge of their sin, repentance of that sin, and accepting Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross as a substitutionary payment for those sins and to be lord of their life. And that's the best way to glorify God. And maybe that's hard for you to do, but it's certainly a responsibility that you have been given by God to be a godly influence to them, being salt and light. That may lead to their becoming a true Christian, but maybe somebody else gets the opportunity to do that. Your job is to plant the seed, right? At least. And you do that by being a godly influence. George Eliot has this famous little quote that I just love. He says, blessed is the influence of one true loving human soul on another. Influencing others in a godly way is a blessing to them and to you. Do you have comments or suggestions? I would love to hear from you by email kevin at com, And thank you for that.